Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Internet service providers in the United States have been known to sell data to ad companies. In the United Kingdom and Australia, internet service providers are required to keep logs of the websites you visit. Certain countries even restrict and censor certain websites and content. As our listeners know, security is paramount when it comes to cryptocurrency. ExpressVPN is the industry standard that puts a stop to all of this while ensuring the security and privacy of not only your browsing history, but your wallet connections. Utilizing data encryption and IP masking, ExpressVPN gives users peace of mind no matter what part of the world you're in. My listeners can go to www.expressvpn.com slash mohawk, M-O-H-A-W-K. That's expressvpn.com slash mohawk to see how you can get three months free of the best VPN subscription service available. Guys, welcome to another edition of the Mohawk Mandate. I'm your host, Mr. Mohawk. Joining me today from Board Ape Yacht Club, Apocalyptic, Apocalyptic Apes, excuse me, uh, Fitty.eth. Fitty, what's going on, buddy? Thank you for th- uh, taking the time today, man. How you doing, friend? Everything's good, good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, how's, how's your weather today over there? We are actually getting pelted with snow in mid-March, so really not enjoying that too much yeah yeah well it's uh you know we'll we'll figure it out uh as we go we we don't get snow all year and then you know it middle of march and we're getting crushed but um either way so i i stumbled across your uh your content and all of the stuff that you do with your twitter spaces uh apocalyptic apes and it was through a prior venture that I was involved with on uh, Ethereum. I've been following along, and what kind of attracted me to Apocalyptic Apes was just how uh, community-driven that you were. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about what got you to the point of being very vocal about your presence and your content creation that you're doing. What... um, what's what's the story behind um i guess the the utilization of your platform and and how you grew that um well it's 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 fairly simple i mean it was extremely organic i mean i never planned to do that it's just that i saw a lot of uh projects and founders and community managers hiding and so i gave my community and myself one word and I said hey if we, if we're going to do this uh, we're going to make sure that we're not hiding we're going to go out there we're going to talk about what we're doing we're going to share um, we're going to go out there shake some hands and meet with some people and let them feel comfortable because too many people are putting money into you know 18 year old kids that are building bullshit projects out of their mom's bathrooms and I say this and I'll keep saying it because it's not it's not a good idea it's not a good idea for Web3, and it's not a good idea for people. Uh, it's not a good idea for mental well-being for everybody. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that there is a very cool thing about the anonymity that comes in, in crypto and Web3. But at the same time, I think retail investors as a whole or on average, they kind of miss the mark about what they're willing to spend their money on. And... Again, with another point that you made that I, I 
really uh, you know couldn't agree more with is sometimes you get team members that you'll get a discord announcement here and there a tweet here and there that's really all that you know about them guys and guys and girls that are taking the time to engage in their project um, engage with their community and really reach out on a consistent basis you know it speaks for itself especially with where the market's at right now whether or not we think that we're coming out of the bear we're even in a bear the bull's coming up whatever the thoughts are i think we've been going sideways long enough that the people that are here now are interested in something that's a little bit different and the people that are more vocal uh, are definitely reaping the benefits in my opinion of engagement people sticking around, people staying interested in the project. So I think you guys are doing a great job uh, at Apocalyptic Apes with that. Um, prior to Apocalyptic Apes, prior to Board Ape Yacht Club, um, what what was your, I guess for lack of a better word, like your eureka moment where you, you found crypto <laughs> You took a, an interest in it, and w what really hooked you to keep you in the space? Um, I'd love to hear about what you know led up to your now public experience in Web three. More, you know, the the background of getting into that. So um, I didn't find crypto; crypto found me. Oh, I love and... that. And, and, and how that happened, and, and really it's the most organic way to get in here because if you're going out there, and a lot of people like to use onboarding, I hate that word, and introducing crypto to people, you're basically telling them to do something that you believe in. I don't believe in that. I think people should find it on their own. You can introduce it, you can show it to people, let them make their opinion. Um, I have a friend of mine who showed me what he was doing and he explained it really horribly. And I thought this was the worst idea ever. I did have some Bitcoin. I did have some ETH. I did have some Filecoin and some Chainlink. But, you know, I really wasn't in crypto. I just had some token. But when I ran into somebody that I know and they showed me what an NFT does and the kind of people that are there, they showed me the community. They showed me what access it has to, to different um, things you can engage with. It made a lot of sense to me. So I think a lot of people don't explain this is like a kid, this is like putting your kids in a private school. This is like joining a country club where you can be with like-minded people. A lot of people say, yeah, I own one of these and I'm the only one that can have it. Nobody else can have it. So I'm, that doesn't make any sense to me. So during COVID, my work really slowed down. I developed property. So a lot of stuff went on hiatus. Um, I had my, you know, my plans and pl plan check, my plan checkers, my architects, my contractors, people are getting COVID, people are scared, people were just, you know, it was, people are freaking out. So, yep. you know, I, I, I had time. So I started digging in deeper into it. I hired somebody and I paid them to educate me on, on crypto. I educated me how to, how to write contract, how to read contract, because I didn't want to come in here not knowing how to do everything. Doesn't mean I have to do it, but I want to find if somebody is working with me and they leave or if somebody disappears or they're sick i'm able to step in and do what they're doing um and i do that in everything i do i like to educate myself so crypto really found me and when it did i realized this is the profession that i was made for i love absolutely everything about the blockchain i think it's it's the perfect thing for music real estate um art so many different things so and uh i mean i don't there's nothing in the world i'd rather do than do this 
I, I think that that's such a cool way of going about getting acclimated to a very complex system. Um, the ease of access that people can get involved is kind of a double-edged sword. I think that there's an opportunity for people to be very ignorant or negligent about where they put their money just because they don't know any better. So the fact that you went about it the right way to educate yourself in, you know, preparing, uh, I, I mean, did, did you, before I ask you this, did you have plans to be kind of like a, a voice with growing a platform or did you just want to learn more about what crypto can offer when you went into that uh, like research stage, I guess you could say? I came in here without any expectations. Okay. And I didn't think this through. I just decided I want to do something here. Um, where it landed me, I don't know. I mean, I, I had no clue, nor do I have a clue where I'm going to be. I have, a, I have ideas. Now I can actually make good estimates on what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. But when I first started, I mean, you have to realize a year ago or a little bit over a year ago, I had, I don't know, 20, 30 followers on Twitter. I didn't even know how to tweet. Um, so I, I really, the only platform I use was like Facebook and Instagram to kind of see what people are eating or, you know, where your friends are taking their dogs on vacation. So right. this was very new to me. So it's very hard to come in here and estimate like, what am I going to do? I'm, you know, I wasn't looking for anything other than I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that even more, um, not necessarily proves my point, but it, it's such a great approach that you took to prepare yourself in, you know, kind of like personal accountability almost where you can be knowledgeable about everything that it has to offer. And now in doing so, that obviously has set you up for success in being able to be vocal in all of these different rings and, and uh, you know, areas of crypto that, you know, you can speak with individuals and, and you can speak intelligently at that. I think there are a lot of people in the space that, um, you know, they were bullshitters in other areas of life and they are taking advantage of what could be the Wild West in, in crypto. So it's always nice, at least for me, to hear people that are able to speak knowledgeably with good intentions behind everything that they're doing uh, and then, you know, seeing the platform that you've built it into. Um, I guess from from the educational standpoint, uh, standpoint in the emphasis that you personally took on, you know, providing yourselves the, the, the tool and resources that you want. Um, what would be a great suggestion with everything that is available to the average retail investor now? What would be your advice on how to do that research? Maybe not necessarily hiring someone to take them through that process but if you had to suggest hey this is the steps that i would do if i was starting today in 2023 um you know <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a fantastic question and uh now there's you would are we talking about somebody who's looking to buy an nft are we talking somebody starting trying to start a project i mean what what are we there's there's so many different answers to that right. question i i think Maybe more so um, 
just looking to get involved. They don't know what an NFT is. They saw SHIB on the news two years ago, or however many Septembers ago that was, and they they might have bought a little bit on Coinbase. They don't have a MetaMask. They don't really understand the positives of decentralized finance, the ownership that goes into blockchain, the representation of blockchain. Um, so I, I would say more so, not necessarily on the builder side, more so on the retail <laughs> investor side. Right. No, I, I, I mean, so you say when you say retail, uh, it's a very, very tough word to be using here. But yeah, um, I would say that if you're coming in and you're looking to invest into an NFT or to a token, you should do your due diligence. You should stop having FOMO. Everybody has and, uh, you know, check on the founders, check on the community, go in there, spend some time. Uh, do some research. Are these people credible? Are these what's their community like? Because at the end of the day, yeah, you're gonna have all these roadmaps. You're gonna have all these great promises, and most of them, I hope, will come true. It's gonna take a little time. Co companies have to pivot, especially with OpenSea and Blur playing the little games with royalties and everything else. But you know, you have to believe and do the same that you do in real life. This is no different. If you're gonna go buy a house, you walk through the house, you look through it, you talk to the neighbors, you talk to talk to the real estate agent. If you buy a car, go sit in, take it for a test drive, read some magazines. Again, you have to do your due diligence and this is no different. Buying a house, buying a car, buying a painting. I mean, I know people that go and buy a, pair, a jacket or a pair of shoes, they'll go try it on five times. But in this space, people will go mint an NFT for $500 and won't ask questions. I think that's pure stupidity. Yeah, yeah. I I think that there's there's such a potential for the disconnect on what people are willing to do with their money, it seems, right? There's some projects that, you know, end up being rugs, scams, um, that are more surprising. Then there's others that you look at it and, and you just think, man, this was a red flag from the get-go, but people were still fooled for whatever reason. Um, I think that there there really is a big disconnect with what people are willing to do uh, to educate themselves. And I hope that, you know, we see these trends go through every cycle, right? I I would hope that the next one has a little bit more uh, emphasis on knowledge and people putting themselves in a position for success, seeking out the tools and the resources that are available to them now. I mean, I'd, I've maybe it's just because I'm doing something service based now with uh, the marketing thing, but I've noticed a lot more emphasis on services that have come out in the last six months. So I hope that people take advantage of those tools and, and they prioritize their, you know, financial well-being and, uh, you know, again, taking advantage of of what is at their disposal. Um, so actually, that's a that's a great segue from, you know, being able to do the due diligence, go through um, what a project has to offer. What was your original exposure to board apes and what was the convincing uh factor for you on how to get involved there 
Um, so, yeah, let me, let me, uh, answer the, the, your first question. That was a, that was a long answer. So I gotta, I gotta get to the right, the right, uh, the right answer. So, uh, which part do you want me to answer first? Uh, we can just do, um, what with the, with the board apes. I mean, I, I, I'll go into that one. So born apes was, was, was real simple for me. They have an incredible community of people, really smart people, and uh, I, that attracted me. And when I started digging into it, I got my first mutant um, about a year ago, a year and a half ago or so. And uh, I saw the kind of people that are there. They're incredible people. They have uh, a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of information, and they're doers. And one of the things about the board apes that no other community has on this day, they do not ask the owners opinions on everything for the founders they actually do stuff they make t-shirts they make hats they create uh vodkas and wine and beers and socks and t-shirts i have 30 products at my house that are shipped to me but through my boarding friends because these guys understand intellectual property and i really wish and i hope other communities will follow along because um, the, the Board Ape Yacht Club community has been incredible since day one since that I got in there and they continue to get bigger and better. And probably as we speak right now, there's five or 10 events going on somewhere. People are getting together for dinner or, um, you know, having lunches or just doing some kind of events all over the world, supporting each other with that little club they have. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm always trying to be around people that are smarter than me. I found some really smart people there. I, I don't want to harp on board apes too much just because i'm sure that you get asked this question a million times but with having a standout community like that the appreciation for the intellectual property and kind of the holders taking advantage of the opportunity to you know use that as uh, a flagship for branding for products for services whatever it may be what was what was your i guess what was your rollover into taking that concept and making it your own with apocalyptic apes because you guys do a lot of the same thing with the ip rights and what you're you know sharing with your community as far as opportunity with those ip rights um, I'd, I'd love to hear kind of how you took your experience from board apes and adapted that into, uh, apocalyptic apes. So I never took my experience from board apes, uh, to do that. I, I mean, intellectual property is intellectual property and it doesn't matter what art it is. I mean, you could take intellectual property for anything. I mean, you can right now take your house, rent it out, have a music video be shot in your house, and now you're allowing your intellectual property to be used and you're charging for it. So um, I never followed anybody or copied anybody. I've done, you know, what I think is right. And right now we have, you know, hot, hot sauce that we brought out with using IP rights. We have Bites of Love uh, partnership. Uh, we have Chimp Bites. It's good. We're going to introduce an NFTLA. We'll probably be in about 100 to 200 stores in the next few weeks. Uh, we have a new soy candle coming out, um, which is going to be incredible with IP rights. We have wine. We have vodka. We're working on chocolate and peanut butter. And that's not including a lot of our metaverse IP plays that we're about to introduce and some of our other partnerships. 
So this is something that I've been doing in the business world for a long time. So IP is not new to me. So it was, you know, the, the, the real estate background and the understanding of the IP, when you get to Bored Apes, you appreciated that that was something that was incorporated. But when you wanted to do your own collection, that was the driving force of, you know, just making sure that the IP rights are available in that capacity. Uh, not exactly. Not exactly. I mean, I, I, I've been, I, I come from the entertainment industry years and years ago, and I've been working with IP and intellectual property for a really long time. Um, intellectual property was a little bit unique and different when you understand with NFTs, because I don't even think that, uh, some of the NFT founders or communities understand what NFT, uh, IP rights are. Because if you get challenged in a court of law, they may call the artist to show up and say, hey, did you draw this? And you're going, no, I minted it. Well, this is not your art. So there's a lot of unknowns here um, I think we're going to work through, but we're very new here. So I just think in the next uh, few months, years, uh, it'll all be worked out. But intellectual property is something I've known since you know I was a kid. Right. So with um, one of the things that, that you mentioned about the, the music NFTs, I don't have a ton of exposure to um, music NFTs. It wasn't something that necessarily interested me very much, but I, I see the importance, especially from an artist standpoint. Um, what, what are some things that you have had exposure to um, with the music NFTs that you think are going to be a big um, you know, driving factor on where we see the consumption of music in the next, you know, couple years, couple months, uh, whatever, you know, time frame that, that you think that this would be a more widely adopted avenue? So I think music NFTs are huge. Um, I, I mean, we have right now 15 or, or 101s in our Queen Apes collection that are on Spotify, and I think music NFTs will be incredible. I mean, I'm also bringing Megadeth to Web3. Uh, so, we're, you know, but I really do think that it's not complete yet. The music NFTs are not really the way they are. There's, I mean, I hear artists saying, I'm, you know, I'm in Web3, I'm in Web3, but nobody really is in Web3 yet because we're still in, you know, and not in mass adoption. We're still in Web2, really. And so I just think that uh, in order to really have a successful career in, in on the blockchain with music, there's got to be a little bit more clear uh, clarification because there's a, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and I do think that uh, you sh if you have a successful career in Web 2, uh, you'll probably have a successful career in Web 3 where you can bring some of the utilities back to Web 2. But just doing something in one, one place may not be enough right now. That could change down the road, and I'm working on some really cool stuff with uh, Mutiny Recordings. Uh, but just having exposure to your Twitter friends is not enough to drive this into a successful project right now. Understood. Uh, you mentioned Megadeth. I've heard you talk about it in a few different spaces. Um, I know that there are a few things that aren't public yet. So I, again, I don't want to box you into a corner or anything like that. Is there any details that you can share about uh, some of the stuff that you're working with Megadeth on? Yeah, so uh, I Hattie is our artist from uh, Apocalyptic Apes. He's drawing all the art for Rattleheads. Rattleheads is the new Megadeth project. 
uh, led by me, uh, Dave Mustaine, uh, his son, Justice, and Electra. And uh, it's going to be one of the most incredible NFT uh, projects, business, history pieces that you've ever seen because we have more utility here than I've seen in probably 50, 60 combined NFT projects. I mean, they have real brand pro uh, product partnerships with so many companies. I mean, right. they're in Italy creating wine as we speak. Uh, Hot Topic, uh, I mean, you name it, uh, GameStop. I mean, they've got incredible partnerships and having access to those partnerships, having access to Dave, having access to a, a music that's been around for 40 years. I mean, he started in 1983 and Vic Rattlehead has been around. That's his mascot. Having art that's actually making sense. It's not just an animal. It's actually art that means something to the band is pretty incredible. So I think it's going to be one of the most revolutionary uh, NFT uh, pieces of history that people have seen. Revolutionary is is something that always makes me feel excited more so than than any other word uh, when it comes to a lot of crypto stuff. It's like you said, it's we're we're still early. Everything is still so new and you know, no matter what walk of life or what uh, different area of business that you're at, when something is, is revolutionizing and, and makes us feel that there's an opportunity to do something that no one else has done before, um, it's, you know, obviously something that you want to pay attention to, but it's something, in my opinion, that it, it really grabs uh, an understanding of how we, we understand something we've been using all of our lives. For me, in, in that moment of, of really understanding what crypto can offer, the difference between traditional money, traditional finance, and what crypto is, taking that same feeling of, or that wake up moment and, you know, kind of uh, attaching that to a band I'm familiar with, uh, a project founder that I'm familiar with. Again, that it's something to be excited about. That's for sure. Um, going through the process with Megadeth, was this something that was brand new to them? Was this something that they've had exposure to in the past? Or are, are you kind of walking them through the start to finish process while building this? So the, the answer is that uh, Electra, Dave's daughter, has had some experience with the community. She's been a part of my community, and that's, that's how I met Dave. Uh, as far as Dave and uh, Megadeth, they have absolutely no experience with Web3. And uh, that's why I came on board. And they not only are they working with me to build more experience and educate himself, but I'm on the phone with Dave probably every few days. We're talking, we're learning. He's watching podcasts. He's educating himself. And they have given me a huge budget to hire people from Web3 to assist them in making sure that we support Web3 while we go through this journey. So, uh, but Dave has been a disruptor all his life. I mean, he's been he's been in this game for a long time. So even though he doesn't 
know Web3 for a long time, he does understand about what it's like to be a revolutionary. And he is, sometimes the answers that come out of his mouth are so organic and so cool and so awesome that you don't really need to know Web3. You just need to know how to be a leader. And he's a leader and he's an innovator. That's awesome. And there's there's so many people that don't, they don't take advantage of an opportunity or they go through the motions. I mean, how many, and I don't want to compare Megadeth to like a, a Logan Paul or something like that, right? But we saw kind of what Logan did to take advantage of a situation. I would like to think I have an idea of how that whole thing was handled. Hearing you talk about this entire experience that you're going through with Megadeth and, and Dave, you know, taking time in his personal time, listening to podcasts, taking advantage of the tools that, that we spoke about earlier. That's such a refreshing concept or, or a refreshing thing to hear because in my opinion, not enough people take advantage of an opportunity like that. Not enough people get excited about what could be. So the fact that he's he's taking this seriously, he hasn't paid someone, <clears throat> excuse me, hasn't paid someone to kind of do all the work for them and just slap Megadeth on it. The fact that he's engaging like this is uh, it, that's really cool. Um, I you know of course wish you guys all the best in in that endeavor. Um, one of the other things you know uh, that you mentioned, you had bites of love some metaverse stuff that you have going on this thing with uh, Megadeth as well. One of the things that I have the most exposure to is the hot sauce. With the whole development of apocalyptic apes, was hot sauce always the thing that you wanted to make? Was it right place, right time? I'd love to hear how you came to like kind of finalize on creating a line of hot sauces? Um, so when I started looking into branding and working with uh, doing some some business stuff, I realized that I need to create something that's on brand. Too many people just do stuff just to make the community happy. I'm not ever interested in doing that. Um, of course, I'd like to make everybody happy, but I also have to find something on brand. So if you look at the apes, they're spicy. They're, they've got some ears bitten off they you know they're post-apocalyptic they're 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 pretty incredible art and i just think spicy hot sauce it was just a great brand and i started contacting people i started call, calling different places and i you know found some of the best people i found vic klinko who happens to be running this and helped me formulate formulate the company and he is the largest hot sauce collector in the world if you google guinness world book of record vic klinko his name will pop up and uh, for me, it's really coming out with a great product that's on brand rather than doing something just to say, I did it. So I've always liked to do things that are unique and interesting and it's very on brand. And we're actually trying out a new barbecue sauce right now. Um, if that works out, it's pretty cool. It's smoky, it's earthy. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. I just tried a, a third bottle. We're sampling about 10 or 15. And if we can get this going, we'll be in stores in the next probably week or two. That's fantastic. Uh, so with, with the addition of these new couple, how many, how many actual sauces does that bring you guys up to? I know that there's quite a few now, right? 
We have 10 different hot sauces. We'll have a few barbecue sauces. Uh, we'll get into some ketchup and mustards and some, uh, we have some uh, steak sauces that are pretty incredible coming out. Um, so, you know, the, we'll have a whole brand and a lineup and uh, we're hoping to um, include other communities into, into the Web3 sauces. Awesome. Um, what what goes into the application or like what's the process of using uh, the IP rights on the sauces? I know that um, there were, you know, I'm uh, obviously a holder. I'm in the discord. I've seen a few things about it, but just for someone that doesn't have any exposure to apocalyptic apes or the sauces say that, you know, listening to this they think oh you know that'd be cool if my nft was on a bottle of sauce what is like the start to finish application process of kind of sharing their ip with uh you know the sauces that you're building so if you have an apocalyptic ape or if you have an apocalyptic queen um you just go on our website or you go on uh, and click sauces or you go on a uh, aahotsauce.com and you mint the flavor that you want uh when you go through that process it's a step-by-step -step process within minutes your ape will be on the bottle it'll be going to our manufacturer you'll be it'll be shipped to your house you'll have it within three or four days and your ape has your ip um in the next few weeks we're going to be introducing uh some new technology where you'll be able to actually have your wallet verified that you still have that ape before any uh anything gets distributed or anything gets goes through because we've had people walk away from their apes and sell them and now their bottles are going to be selling a thousand to three thousand bottles and that's that's money they could have made from this business but they walked away from so uh people don't really understand that some of those apes you're putting down could be on that new amazon marketplace coming up yeah i i think there's a lot of people that are are going this ip route and not understanding the full implication of not having that verification process. So again, kudos to you with paying attention to the details. I don't, I don't think enough people are, you, you see project founders fall into a, a very easy, um, lackadaisical, uh, movement, so to speak, where something's working. All right, let's let it keep working. The fact that you guys are now implement, uh, implementing the verification process and and making sure that you're taking care of your holders, that protection on the back end, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. So with the hot sauce, the uh, Megadeth collab here, um, Bites of Love, I think that's the first time that I heard you mention that. Uh, tell me a little bit about Bites of Love and some of the other um, some of the other products that you have coming out and how this all ties into the apocalyptic apes. I know that you you mentioned uh, briefly a, a few different ones, but uh, I just wanted to see kind of how the whole ecosystem interacts with each other. So Bites of Love was started by a single mom about 10 years ago, and she's been running this company there in Air One, Trader Joe's, we're in about 140 stores. And uh, we started working with them just recently where we've, we're formulating a new company called Apocalyptic Rations, 
which we're working with some partnerships on, and that's going to be pretty incredible. And we'll have not only Bites of Love, which comes in their gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter, a couple other flavors coming out, but we're working on doing some incredible things with a lot like survival kits uh, because, you know, we are, I'm always thinking about post-apocalyptic catastrophes, things like that. So candles and, you know, foods or like little survival kits, chocolate, peanut butter, uh, things that have a long shelf life. We're not looking for things that are going to be lasting for a week or two. That's not going to work because we, we are a, com a company that's worldwide right now. So we're really trying to work, focus on things that make sense for people. And uh, the Bites of Love will be available if, if anybody's going to be in NFTLA. We'll have samples and we'll actually have order forms ready to go probably in the next few days. Um, we've got some incredible music partnerships that we're going to be doing hot sauces for. Uh, we've got some vodka brands that I can't really talk too much about that we're going to be launching with IP rights. Um, doing an incredible collaboration uh, with one of my friends, Richie Rich from uh, uh, Mutant, Mutant Grape, uh, which is going to be a wine company. Um, so we're, we're just going to be bringing things that are very on brand. If you look at grapes, if you look at red, if you look at apocalyptic, if you look at the labels and if you look at like what it stands for, every every bottle, everything we do is always going to have the ape numbers. And the more products we have our art on, the more people see it, the more people realize how incredible the art is. Because at the end of the day, this is an art project. You're going to have some roadmaps. You're going to have utility. But in the next five, seven years, the value of these pieces will be incredible because they're going to be in museums. They're going to be in, they're going to be in galleries. People don't get this yet because they're just looking at, hey, it's just digital art, but they haven't seen the canvases. They haven't seen them on digital billboards. Uh, we're still in AOL dial-up as far as the experience of your investors. So we, we're dealing with very immature investors in the space. And once the mature investors become a little bit more sophisticated, they're gonna start getting the values. You make such a good point with where the possibility is for brand recognition and having something um, like you said, that has a little bit more shelf life, things that have turnover, the more people have an exposure to an ape, an apocalyptic ape, right? With such a wide array of things that you're focusing on, that brand recognition, no matter what the interest of an individual uh, you know, has, personal taste with foods and drinking habits and whether they like hot sauces or not, right? The fact that you are focusing on so many different areas of, you know, consumer uh, consumer consumption, really, um, the the opportunity for people to come across that branding just escalates so much. Uh, I think it's it's brilliant marketing. It's um, it's it's just the way that everything ties together at the end of the day for that brand recognition it's fantastic um with you know having this discussion with you and uh being able to ask you a lot of the ins and outs that you know i'm i'm in the discord here and there and i get to see bits and pieces but getting down to sit with you uh you know as a holder myself i mean it, it's just all very exciting stuff um one thing that that you did mention and i know that you mentioned this in a spaces yesterday as well um Going into roadmaps and how we see plans change, how things, I mean, the, the space moves so quick, right? We see 
sometimes project founders and teams, they have to pivot. If something doesn't make sense or it's not in the best interest of their community, you scratch something off on a roadmap um, and, and you add something new. What, in your experience, with putting out you know, the quote-unquote finalized plan at the time and then making that pivot, what was something that you did as a founder to kind of overcome uh, basically the, you know, people, people are weird. They can get upset about, you know, a quote unquote roadmap not getting fulfilled, right? Uh, I know that with you, that's not the case, but there are some individuals that don't understand uh, all that goes into it on a builder side, on the team side. So what are some things that you've done as a founder to combat the potential for FUD, making sure that your community was fully aware of the changes that were going into, you know, a, a roadmap change? You know, the FUD is never going to stop. There's always going to be FUD. And right. I look at people that FUD are extremely illiterate and ignorant because it, I, I don't FUD. If I have a problem with something, I will communicate and I will ask somebody in the right way. When you FUD, and whether it's our project or any other project, you're really hurting yourself and the reputation because anybody who speaks badly of other people or other projects is making themselves look stupid. Right. So I, I don't have any respect for that. I don't look at it. And you know what? If you go on Apple right now, you'll hear a million complaints about the iPhone. If you go on any anything, you'll see FUD everywhere. So if you listen to that stuff, you'll never be able to grow. You ignore it, you move on and delete, and you keep building cool stuff. And if anybody doesn't understand ever, no person, no founder that I know that's good doesn't want to make his um, community happy. So if you make your community happy by pivoting, they should respect you because do you want to deliver something that's not going to work? No. If something is not working, you go to your community and say, listen, this is not working. We're going to fix it. Just like on my Apple iPhone, I get an update. That update is to correct mistakes. I'm happy when I get up that, that update. So if you have that mindset that you want to FUD, you're not going to make it. I love that answer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and pivot and turn this on the thing that I'm building. But one of the things that I was very worried about when launching this, uh, this marketing protocol was being so new we we didn't really have an understanding of what our identity was at the time so instead of a roadmap i i really was against releasing a roadmap that i knew was going to change a lot and we went the route of creating an ethos doc this is what we're about this is what we're trying to build and you know this is who we are after 5 or 6 months of development that's when we got into the roadmap and I think that we're a little bit closer <clears throat> a little bit closer to having the capabilities to execute on a fully fledged out plan um, honestly I, I wish that I would have went with my gut after hearing that answer on you know just put it out and if people have at least two brain cells to rub together they should understand that you know a, a project is going to make money when their investors, their community is making money. Um, but yeah, you, you make a really good point on, uh, on that. Um, I guess in, in that same breath, 
And speaking of a roadmap, what is on the Apocalyptic Apes roadmap that you're looking forward to three months, six months, 12 months, uh, something that stand out for you that you're really looking forward to? So there is no roadmap anymore. There is a completion list because the roadmap is a bad idea for the space. People look at something and they say, okay, that's what you're doing. We're going to count on you to do that. And if you don't do that, they get upset. So we've decided to do something called a completion list. So after we complete something, we'll put it on our website, say we just completed this. So we're not going to start sitting here and putting roadmaps out because sometimes they have to be pivoted. Sometimes you have to change them. So we have like a wall, a wall of fame, a completion list that we're doing. And we've added to a website. It's just a much easier way to go about things. And we don't even announce things. We don't say this is coming. That's not coming. This is coming. Because when you do, things can change. So now you right. just say, guess what? This is coming tomorrow. Boom. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, When I was originally asking you uh, about the vodka, again, we, we don't have to get into any of that. But you said something that really resonated with me of, uh, you know, along the lines of, when this is done tied up and ready to go you guys are going to know about it there's too many things in in you know with with your team with another team with all of the ins and outs of creating something and i'm i'm saying this more in a, a general perspective but so many different things can go wrong can change time frames can allow for a promise to not be fulfilled at a specific time um when you said when it's ready to go and we're 100 percent, you know launch capable you guys are going to know all the details so you know that was something that um that really stuck with me um so in instead of the uh roadmap you have the completion list it's available on the website um what would be I'm trying to think of uh, a good way that I'm not boxing you in on stuff that you have coming up? Um, you, could ask, you could ask. I mean, I'm just, you know, I get, I, we have a lot of things coming up, but we're just not going to talk about it until they come out maybe a day before. Maybe we'll announce it after it gets released. We have a new product coming out in, you know, a few weeks. I'm just not talking about it. It's just going to come out. And when it does come out, it's been tested, it's been it's been reviewed, it's been it, it's going to work. So I'm not going to bring something that's not going to be effective. I love it. And again, as a, as an apes holder, apocalyptic apes holder, with everything that we were able to talk about today, um, you know, I'm I'm very confident in where I have put my money. Uh, you guys have an unbelievable community. Um, it's since day one of joining it was you know very welcoming people were so willing to answer questions um we've we've seen or at least i have seen there are some communities that mistake questions for fud and i feel like communities that they're not able to to answer and engage with new people that are just coming in and asking innocent questions um those really aren't the best communities to be a part of. Uh, Apocalyptic Apes, there's not one individual that didn't didn't have something positive to say 
when I was asking a question, sharing information that, you know, if they were a day one guy, uh, start to finish and, and these very, very large elaborate answers. Uh, it's a testament to who you guys are as a team. I think a community is a, a direct reflection of the team, the founder. So again, kudos to everything that you guys are doing. Um, really excited to hear more about what you guys have coming up with the uh, completion list. Um, one of the last things that I want to talk to you about is your your consistent uh, Twitter spaces that you have. We'll have the link to your Twitter in the podcast uh, bio that we'll have written up. So if you guys go to uh, 50, uh, Fitty's Twitter, uh, what what are the Twitter spaces that you guys have? Are they daily? Are they weekly? A little bit of uh, subject matter that you want to talk about for the spaces that you host? Um, they're a little bit of both. We'll have them daily, weekly. Sometimes we'll have a few going on a day. And uh, in the next uh, few weeks, you guys are going to be pretty surprised. Uh, we're bringing in something special out where we're going to have a specific uh, show coming out with some really cool guests. So there's a, there's just stay tuned for something pretty cool that's going to be announced shortly. Uh, but our content is going to change. Uh, I'm going to be more community-driven. I'm going to be more focused on our holders, less talking about nonsense that goes on Twitter spaces where people are talking about UFOs and aliens. So we're going to be staying more, more community-driven. I'm going to be going back to the way we were about a year ago and just strengthening the community. Love it. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know yet, if you guys are, you know, at home on a holiday, I know one of the best Twitter spaces that uh, I was able to join, and it was only for a couple minutes when I was dealing with the family's BS and went outside, and sure enough, Fitty was on uh, Twitter Spaces Thanksgiving Day. Got to jump in and say hello for a minute, spend some time with uh, the Apocalyptic Apes fam. So Absolutely. no, no matter what, uh, Fitty's out there grinding on Twitter Spaces. Um, again, the links to everything will be in the episode bio. Keep an eye out for all that apocalyptic apes have coming up. I'm very, very excited to see what you guys are cooking up with uh, this Megadeth uh, NFT, you know, collab, all, the, all that's going into this. Um, and again, I know that we can't talk too much about the vodka, but that's something that I'm definitely going to be paying attention to uh, with you guys. So much cool stuff. On the horizon with Apocalyptic Apes, Fiddy. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you about, you know, your journey, all that Apocalyptic Apes are, uh, and what they can be in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and hope to see you soon, uh, maybe in an hour or two. And I appreciate the conversation. Right on. All right, guys. We will catch you next time. Cheers. Mm-hmm.